myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hi, welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. We had a great week last week when we launched with three episodes. Thanks for those of you that listened. And if you like what you heard, you can always leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend, subscribe, and follow us on social media. This week's guest is my good friend and fellow comic, Emily Griefer. Emily has been doing comedy for a little while now and is just starting to break through as she actually booked her first weekend road gig at the Looney Bin Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. So if you're listening to this podcast and you also happen to be in the Oklahoma City area, September 23rd through the 26th, check her out. It, she's a great comic. She's going to be the opening act. In this episode, we talk about her comedy, growing up as the middle child of seven children. Then we dive into her fear of bees. So enough buzz. Here is Emily Griefer. I am here with my friend Emily Griefer. Emily Griefer is a Dallas comic. Thank you for joining me, Emily. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing great. I have been in the same apartment now what seems like an eternity because I work from home and I home from home because there's right now we're kind of in a quasi lockdown we're not full lockdown but I don't feel safe enough to do open mics yeah I've kind of been trapped yeah it's nice that your apartment is now your cubicle (laughs) just four walls that you can't escape no matter what exactly it's a cubicle that I can snack at at least because I have a lot of food here and so yeah. it's nice to be able to do that and not have to walk down an elevator to get something. My first few months here, I was like, literally, like I would be starving. And I'm like, why am I sitting here starving when I can take 10 steps <laughs> to my kitchen and go get something that I want to eat? I don't have to sit here and wait for lunch to go grab something. I can take a minute of my day. It's not like I'm going 15 minutes away. And no judgment. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's never any judgment. On my food. I could care less what people think of what I eat. <laughs> That's true. So, Emily, how long have you been doing stand-up? I actually, right before lockdown started, I celebrated my two years on February 25th. Congratulations. I know. I'm an infant. Yes, you are just now learning to walk <laughs> in the, the world of comedy. If you're to believe, I believe it's Seinfeld that has the, it's like you have to spend as many years in life as how much years like you're a five-year-old at this task so if you've done five years you're technically a five-year-old at doing it it was an interesting philosophy so when you're doing it five years versus a 10-year person you'd have more life experience five more years of life experience as a 10-year-old than you do as a five-year-old do you think that's accurate because you've been doing it like 14 years is that right i would say yes there are some things that i've learned at least introspectively, like everybody ages differently, but I, I feel I can do things or I can say things and be more comfortable with myself that maybe at five years, I would have hesitated because my closer is like that. My closer, I used to be very scared because of the things I said in it, that I was afraid that certain audience members would be offended. And so I would pull back yeah. 
there's you can see it with stage confidence. There's some people that say things, but they don't have the confidence to back it up. And all of a sudden they get nervous and then the crowd gets nervous and everything just kind of goes spiraling out of control. You have to you have to have that experience to be it's okay to be up here. No one's coming up here, you know, to beat me up because I said something. You just have to understand and be confident in what you're doing. And I feel like that's what I, I got from the aging part from me. For other people, it may be different. For me, it was just the confidence as a now 14-year-old. That, yeah, I said it. What now? <laughs> yeah, you're just finally learning what's acceptable, which makes sense. But yeah, no, as a two-year-old, I'm like, hey, I can barely say mama and dada, but I'm learning. So I'm excited. I'm glad. So you're also the middle of six siblings seven 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 kids so that also is fun and interesting and you struggle to feel heard in the middle of seven are you the fourth you're actually the fourth you're like the turnkey of actually three more kids like they were like we can't have this one be our youngest we need more i know really they could have stopped at me and like created the like Hey, we tried for three. None of them were that great. We had Emily. She's perfect. They thought they could do three more and it didn't really work out, but they really tried. Wow. So that's, a lo- <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. Of com- My dad's side of the family is like that. My dad is the oldest boy, which makes him three of six. So there's two, two older six. sisters, then two brothers, then two younger sisters. Oh my gosh. I only have one brother and he's the very youngest. Finally, they had a boy. <laughs> he, everybody is happy. Dad's got his legacy. Mom's got six of hers. <laughs> yeah, that's the only birth my dad said he cried at. So that's exactly what he was waiting for. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> Very rude. I'm glad this, this isn't a family help podcast. This may take a while <laughs> to, to sort out. That's okay. We can edit it out. <laughs> So as a middle child, like, I guess that drives what you do for stand-up to really have all that and just not have anything almost personal because it feels like your family would have like hand-me-downs at some, or at least. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I feel like nothing is really yours that you can claim that was all either your older sisters at some point that got handed to you. Yeah, I would say that. And it was also, I just moved a lot growing up. So it's like being constantly displaced. I lived in five different states growing up. So you were always um, learning and adjusting to a new area and like a huge amount of new people all the time. So it, you, it was very hard to feel comfortable and like be in an environment where you could grow and really feel you could become yourself because you were constantly moving. How you all stayed together. I feel like that would be a home alone situation. With, <laughs> like, how could you constantly move with seven children? That seems like uh, so much to responsibility. I feel like some of you had to have been left behind at some point in your life. Well, they didn't leave us behind. They just never taught us to swim. They're like, we can't lose them, but we also can't let them alone in a pool. They just... We never had pools growing up. You don't, still don't know how to swim? Yeah, I never learned how to swim. Wow. That's, we're going to have you <laughs> back now for your fear of swimming. Because that's yeah, got to be fear a fear. Water. Prepared. Did they move anywhere to the ocean? Like, did you even live by beaches or is it all just like landlocked? Uh, no, we all lived in like landlocked states, but we had a house when we lived in California that had a pool. 
but they filled it up with rocks and told us there were snakes in there. So we never even got to learn in our own backyard. <laughs> Are your parents afraid of swimming? No, I think it was just kind of like, it was like a numbers game to them. It's like you have seven kids in a pool and you have to watch all of them. It's like, there could be a good chance one of them drowns. <laughs> I think that's honestly what they were thinking. Do your parents know how to swim? I don't know. I've never seen them swim. So I don't think they do. Maybe that was it. Maybe there's just a knowledge gap that none of us ever learned how to swim. <laughs> they can't save your life, so they're not risking yours. That's, they, can't, they can't bring you back. They don't know how to swim. Yeah, that's their <laughs> that's their knowledge gap is not knowing how to swim. Well, that's interesting. What is your fear you want to talk about today, Emily? We're going to talk about bees because I am deathly, like, deathly afraid of bees. No, are you allergic to bees? I don't know. My family don't even never... Know. <laughs> we never... That, like, helps fuel the fear is we never got that, like, fancy testing with the needles that people, mm -hmm. like, did growing up as kids to, like, see if you could be. We never got that. So I have no idea. And I've never been stung. Okay. So I, I'm just going throughout the world hoping I'm not. I'm st I've been stung a bunch of times. I can tell you, it's it's not that bad. You've got if you've gotten tattoos, it feels a lot like that. Like it's a, it's like a tattoo that just kind of burns for a little bit and then dies back down. I don't equate it to that at all. Okay. Like I feel it's like I saw it started because when I lived in California, I was probably four or five and. Mm -hmm my sister got stung by a bee and I saw her get stung. Like she got stung on her knee and then she like ran inside to get it taken care of. And the bee was on the ground and it was twitching. And I saw how like she was screaming and she was freaking out. Cause she was also like five or she was probably like six. Mm -hmm. So she was scared. And I saw that and I saw the bee on the ground and I was like, this thing is the devil. Like this is like this little three centimeter bug is the devil. And like I ran over it with my bike to make sure it was dead because I didn't trust that it was dead. I didn't know that the stinger actually like when it left the bee's body that it killed it. But I was I've been so scared ever since. And like if I see a bee in public, I will like get up out of my chair. Like if I'm at a restaurant, I'll like go inside. Like I can't be around them. <laughs> you can't be around the bees. It's awful. How has that affected your ability to go to botanical gardens? I don't. <laughs> I really... Just thinking, like, where would bees be? Oh, yeah. To go to the Fort Worth Botanical Gardens? Yeah, I've never been. So that's how it started at four or five years old, watching your sister get traumatized. Is she afraid of bees? Uh, I don't think she's afraid since she's already been stung and she knows how she that feels it's not like as scary to her but like you know how like the fbi they have this statistic that says that like people are more afraid of being held up by actually knife point instead of gunpoint because most people can equate the feeling of being cut by a knife so they like know like what a knife can do but they if you've never been shot obviously you don't know what a gun feels like it's like I'm at that point where I'm like the exact opposite, where it's like if someone held me at gunpoint with a bee, which is like a little bee at the end of the gun, like I would be more afraid of that bee. That bee, they are creepy and they're the devil. And it's like there's so many weird things about them that I'm like, you can't trust this animal. Like there's something wrong with it. How has that affected your life eating Honey Nut Cheerios? 
I would never eat Honey Nut Cheerios. I love honey though. So it's like, I respect bees, but I would never mess with a bee. Like I really do like honey a lot, but I hate them. I hate them so much. You know, I lost respect for Jerry Seinfeld for doing the bee movie. I was like, you shouldn't be associated with them. (laughs) To be fair, it's not a good movie anyways, but it's like, wow. Anything that is a bee, like when I, there's this panic that sets in that like when I see a bee, I'm like, oh my God, they can smell my fear. Like that's immediately what. That you just smell like flowers. I shouldn't have, (laughs) I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have worn this daisy scented cologne or perfume (laughs) since you're a lady. I do have a perfume that's called Bloom, like (laughs) like a flower. And it's like, I love the smell, but I do think that I'm like, wow, what if the bee smells us and think I smell like a flower and it like stings me. It's like, it's another level of like panic where I can't, I'm not afraid to look stupid for how afraid I am of this. Like I said, like I will run away from <laughs> if there's a couple bees flying around somewhere. I'll advise not to wear yellow then. Like if you're, <laughs> you can go look on YouTube, like a bee, how bee sees things. Like if you look at a flower, yeah. like it's yellow center. If they look yeah. at an infrared, everything that color the flower leads them right to the middle so like the yellow in the middle is what they gravitate to so if you wear yellow like it's more Uh, attracting because in infrared it it kind of graduates and it looks cool it's you can see oh that's how they know where to go it leads you that's one of my favorite colors no Uh, i hate that I'll send you the video after the show if I can find it. It was really fascinating. It's like, oh, so that's how they, because you always wondered, like, how do they know right where the center is? Like, they never seem to, you never see one, like, completely yeah. flying and hit, like, the pedal and then miss and then come back, you know, like like I did when I was driving. You yeah. always see them just right, every time, just right, buzz right to the center, like they knew. I did some research on bees for when I you, we discussed this topic and being on this podcast. Bees have five eyes. The fact that they have an odd number of eyes is disgusting to me. But they have five eyes. Three of them is for like color and depth. And the t- other two on the side is like peripheral. And it also helps with like hyper-focusing on details. So it's like the first three are color and then like it's like details in like your peripheral vision and that like helps them with flying. And it looks like just like a little computer. <laughs> it's, it's like eyes of a girlfriend, just colors that I'm wearing <laughs> that she does not approve of. And then perifer- yes. <laughs> peripheral of what I'm doing wrong, just everything yeah. in her peripheral. It's like if you ever watch those home improvement shows and they have six guys fixing one house, like that's each of those eyes. They see all the different problems mm-hmm. and they're just like, all of this needs to go. We need to fix all of this. Like that's all their eyes. They're, yeah, they're creepy. <laughs> so what do you think is the worst possible outcome that could happen to you with a bee? Like if you just happen to be out in the yard and you and didn't realize. Stung. Yeah. The worst possible outcome that I genuinely think about is that if a bee stung me on the neck and I like was deathly allergic and just like swelled up and I already okay. have a double chin, so it just swelled up and died. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to die with a double chin is basically what you're just saying. Yeah, absolutely. Number one, yes. Number two, but that's really how afraid I am. Like, it's, okay. I've even looked into how much EpiPen pens are, but then you need like a doctor to prescribe it. And it's like, but it's those are like six or $700. But it's, 
I just don't know if I'm allergic or not. So I'm just like going out rogue in this world. And if a bee kills me, like it could just happen. with your Walmart Benadryl. <laughs> <laughs> Open the purse, get the Benadryl. <laughs> Put some Vicks under your lip. Like make sure you get the great breathe. value oh. Benadryl, not the, not the expensive Benadryl. I can't afford, I can't afford to use my good Benadryl on this bee sting. <laughs> No, and it's gross because you have to like, don't you have to rip out their stingers? Like once you've like been stung and it's like in your skin, like don't you have to rip them out? I don't know if you, it's sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I've also been stung by wasp and hornets that keep their stingers in. Oh, what is that like? Again, almost like a really, really intense tattoo. Like if they're, I want the color of night on my arm. That's what it feels like. Just like that needle sticking in that one spot. Oh my God. Yeah. It doesn't hurt for long. I think once you got stung, I think you would realize maybe bees aren't so bad. <laughs> but until then, like I said, I, it could be anything in your mind. I, I get that. Like it could be anything. Yeah. Because I'm terrified of snakes. I don't know what a snake bite feels like, but in my mind, it's got to be the most painful thing in the world. It's two fangs that are this, you know, six inches long, yeah. just gouging into my into my ankle so how do you feel about those murder hornets that they said are coming to the united states those like two inch long huge bugs i'm not worried about them because i don't they eat bees and so like i said it's more for bee farmers than anything oh, because okay. they, they kill the, the whole honeybee nest like they just basically eat the head of the bee and take the carcass back to their nest to feed their young is what they, they do. They call them murder hornets because <laughs> you invade their nest, or if they, what they call killer bees, also the same way is if yeah. you, you agitate them, they send out a signal to bring more reinforcements. See, I thought Ooh. maybe you, you had, in the 70s, they had a bunch of bee movies, like not Seinfeld bee movie, but like horror movies where a swarm of killer bees would be plaguing a town, and like that's. No, I would block that out. I would now that I know that that exists, I'm going to look at those titles so no one can ever show me those movies, so I'll know better. But no, I would, I would block that out. But yeah, it's like the swarm is one of them. It's swarm. Oh, and yeah, and like it's like a guy opens, starts his car, and like they come through the AC vent and just swarm. Yeah, that would that would frighten me more than anything is like a swarm of bees because yeah, you're disoriented and you're still being stung. You're still being stung. And I had a friend who her sister, when she was little, like part of it, like a bee's hive, like broke off and fell on the ground and she was walking and stepped on it. And she had 26 bees sting her head. And I was like, she like her head like swelled up to like the size of like a basketball because she had so many bees sting her. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I know. But it was like, it was in Germany. So they have free healthcare. So it's like, they're fine. <laughs> Do you, uh, your, do your, does your family know you're afraid of bees? Like, do they? Yeah. They know, but they don't torture me with it. But if we're outside and there's like bees and I like, I get up and I like scream and run like back up, they just laugh. Like, that's how we deal with it. We'll just laugh. And then they're just like, that's it. There's no, there's no resolution to it. <laughs> it's just, they kind of, yep, Emily's afraid of bees. It's just really embarrassing going on dates. And if you like go on a date somewhere where it's outside and there's bees around, and then I freak out and the guy's like, okay, there's something wrong with this girl. Like that's happened to me a few times where I'm like really embarrassed. 
It's happened a few times. Like you've just been on that many dates that you've had B, a B problem on your dates. <laughs> yeah. Cause a lot of people want to go to like breweries or restaurants outside and I'm like, okay. And then there's like a B around because of the food and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, okay. I hate this. So you can't, there's, have you ever tried anything to kind of quell your fear of bees? Like, have you tried to not focus on the bee as it's flying around? Because I have a feeling like if you saw one, like you're talking to him, like you would just literally be looking to your left, like at the bee, completely oblivious to whatever he's saying. Like you would just I, be following the bee to make sure you, you could see it at all times and it could never sneak up on you. Yeah, that is me. 100%. I would do that. And I'd yeah. be like, yeah, huh? And he'd be like, what is wrong with her? Because I would just follow that bee around. And mm -hmm. I try to like suppress the like anxiety from it. Like if I'm with like a big group of people I respect or if I'm around comics, just because I know they'll never let me live it down. But it's like, it's, I will just like eventually just like find a way to go inside. Like that's like the only way I can like deal with it without like freaking out as like, if I can find a way to go inside and then like watch that bee fly away. <laughs> Is it gone? Yeah, <laughs> really. Just go on dates at night. Why do you go on dates at, during the day? Just say, hey, I'm a night person. You know, I'd rather have dinner, not lunch. See, you could, I mean, you could quell that <laughs> beef here because bees aren't nocturnal. You know, I could. But the only problem is, is if I go out with someone who is a skis or turns out to be a skis and you go out at night. Okay. That's not something Fair I think enough. about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not, what about people in bee funny. costumes? Does it freak you out like any at all? Like when someone dresses up like a bee? No, I don't think I don't. I'm not freaked out. I just respect them less. I'm like, you guys should know <laughs> how terrible these animals are. And it's what's gross to me is like, have you ever seen those displays of like insects that people have like in museums and things like that, where they're in those like pin needles? You like, have you ever seen like butterfly displays and those yeah. types of things? I've seen them for bees and like even seeing it behind this glass, it like makes my toes curl. Like it's so, I'm just like, Ooh, like I just wish this animal would go away. I hate it so much. It's just something with like seeing it. I get the wings yes. starting moving. The wings and the fact that they can like, if like they sleep in flowers, that's a trap. I love flowers. So it's they like, I won't even take flowers, flowers. off the side. <laughs> they feed on flowers. Sometimes maybe, like I said, because of the nectar, they do stay. I believe some <laughs> of the nectar is kind of, it, it has the same effect as alcohol does on us, that it kind of oh, impairs really? them a little bit on certain flowers. But I don't think they just sleep there. They're not like, they're called worker bees <laughs> for a reason. It's not like, like there's one there's like, get your shit together, bee. Quit sleeping in flowers. <laughs> just, just lazy just Jerry Seinfeld B probably, but just <laughs> wasting his life away, just pondering his existence. See, that's me projecting every negative stereotype about bees to justify how much I hate them. I'm like, mm -hmm. these things are lazy. They don't, <laughs> they sleep in flowers. Like in the buzzing sound gets me. Like if you hear a bee buzz by your ear, that freaks me out. It's like, they're so close to my head and I'm afraid they'll like, get the like crawl into my ear like that like have you ever seen those fear factor boxes where they'll like have a box like a clear box with bugs in it and like the people will be like for ten thousand dollars you have to keep 
keep your head in this clear box for 10 minutes or whatever. I would do that for any insect except bees. Like I know bees would sting me. Like okay. I would freak out. I could not do it. What about houseflies? Does that ever freak you out thinking, because some of those can be really big and have that buzz. Yes. I had one in my room the other day and I had to like literally like, <laughs> I had to do that thing that like teenage boys do in locker rooms where they like wind up a towel and like had to try to like, smack it to like get it <laughs> like out of my room. And I, I was fighting with that one of those you just flies. Bullied, that... <laughs> you just bullied a housefly out of your room like a, yeah. like a male bully from every 80s movie, just towel snapping. <laughs> yeah. Stop I it. I called it a pussy. I said, get out. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah, it finally left. It, didn't, it knew it didn't belong there. But gosh, yeah, they have the same buzzing sound that like, so I'm always like, mm, there's something wrong with this fly too. I just, yeah. <laughs> I hate all of that. And the, can't those horse flies like sting you? Someone said that they can like bite you or sting you or something. It can probably bite you, but it's like mosquito kind of thing. Like they have pro- they have a proboscis and like the needle face, but I just don't like mosquitoes. Of that's why I take garlic. That's extra you information. You take garlic for mosquitoes because they don't like garlic, and so it, it repels them kind of. So you take garlic tablets, mm-hmm. or you just, just tr- like eat a little bit of garlic every just day. Just take garlic tablets. It helps your heart, anyways. So. But yeah, they don't like oh. that, and they can only fly in wind that's less than one mile an hour. So always have a fan. Oh. <laughs> fan or AC going at all times. Perfect. But that's like reasonable because mosquitoes carry diseases. So that's like actually like a really <laughs> reasonable fear. I don't know if it's a fear, it's just pestering. Like I don't, I, they only attack me, like I say, when I sleep. And so that messes with me i don't like to be woken up by insects <laughs> see that's another thing yeah. about bees versus mosquitoes bees aren't in your room at 1 a.m oh my god and just right by your yeah. head you can't see because it's nighttime and then you got to turn the light on and try to see if you can catch a glimpse of it and just then tra- <laughs> track it down because no, it's not a fear. Oh. It's kind of a fear of it's coming back. Like I, As soon as I lay down for five minutes, this thing is going to be right back. Oh, that's how you feel? Like when you're laying down and it like kind of flies away? Yep. You're like, oh, this thing's going to be back in a second as soon as I stop moving. With bees, it's like you can be like walking outside from like your front door to your car, like just going about your day. And a bee will just like come up and fly right past you. Like, and I'll be like, what the fuck was the point of that? Like, he's just like, he's being right productive. Um, he's <laughs> what are you doing? Just sitting at home, uh, just getting up at noon, decided to do so in my day. And you're like, how dare the bee just be productive from sunup to sundown? You're just projecting, yeah, I mean, you're just projecting onto the bee. <laughs> if I had a job, bee, yeah. I'd be up at seven in the morning too. But right now, I don't. So I can be up at noon. Yeah. Go buy my that bloom. That's actually what I did today. Go buy my bloom <laughs> perfume and <laughs> be a lazy piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thank you for doing this, Emily. Where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, you can find me just at any handle that's at Emily Griefer, E M I L Y G R E F B R. Awesome. So you can find me anywhere like that and follow me. Congrats. Well, that's great. Like I said, congratulations on having everything consolidated to one. Because that would be <laughs> so name. bad. Because some of mine are Ryan Perio, some are Ryan B. Perio because of my middle initial. 
and because I made poor choices yeah. when I first set up Gmail. And so I have Ryan B. Perio, <laughs> which is what I use now. Yeah. But th- thanks again nope. for doing this. Um, I look forward to interviewing you again about your fear of swimming. Now that we know yes. that's another fear <laughs> that you have. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to it. So that was Emily Griefer and her fear of bees. I think it's interesting that seeing a loved one or someone else's trauma can build it to be even more traumatic in your mind and build this sense of dread for what could possibly happen. Funny thing, while I was getting this ready episode ready to release, I was out on my patio and I got stung by a hornet. It really isn't that bad, Emily. I can promise you. It's not the worst thing in the world. It got stung on the thumb messing with plants and life happens. Be sure to check out her comedy at E-M-I-L-Y-G-R-E-F-E-R on all social media. She's a young up-and-coming talent. Um, if you want to check out my comedy, I will be performing at Hyenas in Fort Worth this weekend, September 17th through the 19th. It's in Sundance Square in downtown Fort Worth. Stop by, enjoy some live comedy with me and some other great comics here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And as always, thanks for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. All right, some credits and thank yous for people that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater, who does all my graphic design work. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhite, W-H-I-T-E-H-2-O, the letter. On Instagram, that's Barry Whitewater, get it, H-2-O. He's an amazing comic and graphic artist, so check him out. Also, music. A big thanks to Gunnar Olson, who provides the music for this podcast. You can check out his website, GunnarOlson.net. Check out all his music. He's got some great EPs. Also, you can follow him on Instagram at GunBuns. I love his coast-to-coast jam sessions with other musicians. It's really cool to listen. If you want to follow me on social media, my social media is at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I implore you to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at some fear fans. S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S. You can also check out our website, someofallfears.com. Leave us a review if you would like on iTunes. If you want suggestions for the show, you can leave them on the reviews or you can email me directly. Or if you want to be a guest, shoot me an email at somefearfans at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this week. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Until then, thanks for listening, and have a great week.